Hey guys, and welcome back to our final episode of Talent Talk. I'm Hannah. And I'm Isabella. We always thought about how on graduation day, we always see this amazing event, but we never really know what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, so we talked to a couple of people that put on the whole event, and you get all the talent tea on what's going on behind graduation, the mysterious and ominous, I don't care what English is, English says, it is ominous, event. So first we're going to be talking to Miss Vandenberg and Mr. English about all the planning that goes into graduation day, and it starts several years in advance. So listen in. And we are here with Mr. English and Ms. Vandenberg for our graduation podcast to talk to them about graduation. Hello. Hello. How are Hi. you? Oh, I'm just doing mm-hmm. great. Dandy. Just dandy. So we have some questions to ask you about graduation because, you know, ominous thing at the end of the year for all seniors. It's ominous. You know, you don't, I don't know what's going on. Well, why, why is that ominous? I don't know what's going on. It's the culmination of the end of four years. It's it's the highlight of your four years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess. So, what? Okay. So you guys do graduation, but what do you do exactly? Do you guys have titles or what's going on? Uh, but do we have a title? Yeah, we're co-coordinators for graduation. Oh, okay. And what is that? What do you guys do for that? Uh, everything, in terms <laughs> of setting. Well, where to begin? Um. We started planning for your graduation in the fall of 2017, because in the fall of 2017, we have to reserve the Memorial Auditorium for the spring of 2019. It's in that much of a demand. So we have to be almost a year and a a little more than a year and a half out in order to guarantee that we get the Memorial Auditorium, because there is no other venue big enough that's nice looking. Oh, so that's why you guys do that. What happens if you don't get it? Or is that, there, is there well, it almost happened this year uh, because they were refurbishing the Memorial Auditorium to make room for the Broadway plays that are going to start this coming year because they're tearing down the convention center. So they managed to, because so many high schools use Memorial, they managed to convince the city to convince the contractor to do things quicker. So we'll be one of the first events taking place in the newly refurbished Memorial. Yeah. So What else happens is Mr. English panics. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I panicked when we almost didn't get it because there, there's no venue that holds as many people other than um, the uh, Golden One Arena, which is ugly and not conducive to a memorial audit, <laughs> so guys, conducive to a graduation. Could you guys have it out in the field? Would you like to be out there in 100-degree heat? No. Okay, wearing a gown and a robe. <laughs> well, I was just wondering, so did you guys volunteer for this, or were you chosen, or... I was asked by a principal, uh, Don Puglisi, in 1991, I think, if I would do it. So if I did the math correct, this is my 28th year. This is, I'm, this is my last year. I'm going to turn it over to someone else next year. Oh. And so I've been doing it for 28 years, and I did it as a favor to him, not knowing what I was getting myself into. And after a couple of years, I grew to enjoy it because of what comes out of it for the kids. Mr. English is really, really good at it, too. You got you don't ever get bored by this. No, it's not the same at all. It's, 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 uh, no, there's certain things that are the same, but it's every class has its own challenges, in terms of behavior, in terms of <laughs> attitude, and and the list goes on. The drama, you know. Well, mm-hmm. some drama, yeah. <laughs> well, were you chosen? Did you volunteer? Or? Well, when I decided to step down from being co-student activities director, I was looking for something. And this position opened, so I asked Mr. English if maybe I could help him out, and he said yes. Because Ms. Shackle has been doing it for many, many years along with me, and she's 
decided that last year that that would be her last year. So it was a perfect segue for Mrs. Vandenberg. So our first interaction with like thinking about graduation is right before school starts where we get this like big, this meeting and we get our gown measurements. Mm -hmm. When do, like you obviously reserve the auditorium before, but when do you start preparing for those actual like senior things throughout the year? Uh, the cap and gown, to get, in order to get the little measuring tapes, we have to ask a month in advance. So in July of, the, of 2018, we got the, the measuring tapes. And then your first step towards graduation is obviously that day. And um, by the time all of the graduates are measured, three or four weeks have gone by because some people don't show up, as you well know. And after we track them down, then we send that in and um, all of the information in. And then they put all of the gowns together and send them to us about four months later. And then we do the same thing with the faculty in December. We make sure we have all the measurements for the faculty and the colleges and degrees that they have. And that's in it. And we get the uh, faculty gowns about the same time. We got the gowns this year in April. So they've been sitting out in a garage in facilities for the last month and a half. So you guys rent them. Mm -hmm. You don't. Why don't you buy them? Why why don't you have the students buy them? If the students bought them, the only thing they could, because the gowns are cloth. And the Mm -hmm. gowns look very, very, they look much nicer. If you buy a cloth gown, which we had thought of doing um, at one point in time. It costs almost the same amount of money, number one. And number two, you can almost see through some of them. Um, if a student tears it, it's not like we can have another 25 or 30 gowns to hand out to people that are the right size. And so, But they look nicer, and so we've decided to stay with it, and the price is almost identical, mm-hmm. especially if we have to have extra ones. So how many people are like a part of this? So it's like you guys like do all like the planning and stuff, but do you, on the day that you get there, like a memorial auditorium, how do you like set up for it? How many people are a part of this? Um, faculty are involved in terms of the setup. There's a setup crew of about 10 people that have, most of them have been, eh, half of them have been doing it for the last eight or nine years, so they know what to do. So we will leave school here about 1.30 with uh, the empty boxes that gowns will go into and all sorts of extra regalia and a table and all the diploma covers and things. We'll get there about 2 o'clock. The florist will get there about 2.30. Those people will stay and set up uh, from 2.30 till about 4.30. So they're giving up their afternoon. They don't leave until about 5, 4.30, and then they'll come back about 6 with the rest of the faculty. Mrs. Uh, Adam will be out on the floor marking off seats for auction. So there are tickets reserved for two people who have donated money basically to the school to sit in the front rows. And then the valedictorian and salutatorian, their parents are allowed to sit close and uh, a few faculty who have kids graduating get seats on the floor as well nearby because they put in their four years of work So, Fancy. as teachers. Yeah. Uh, so Mrs. Adam is there doing all of that, and she has parent volunteers keeping people who manage to sneak in early from trying to reserve seats or trying to sit in the seats that we've already set aside. Mm-hmm. And parents help taking tickets along with right. rising class officers. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who take tickets. Oh. Um, and so, and then the faculty help afterwards because we have to collect all the gowns, we have to take all the flowers away, we have to take down banners. We have to clean up all the programs that are left in the Memorial Auditorium. We have to make sure that there's nothing left there, and we have to be out by 9.30 at night. So graduation starts at 7 when you first walk out there, uh, and the bottom line is at 9.30 we're packed up and gone. That's part of the contract. So you have a lot of faculty in the end who are assigned jobs to do a variety of things. That sounds stressful. How do you not like freak out? I'm used to it. Um, <laughs> I'm a little t- uptight getting, thing or, getting things organized because there's a lot that we're not even talking about that goes on that, that takes a while. 
Are you two a part of selecting the salutatorian and valedictorian? Well, the system, basically, the person with the highest GPA at the end of the third quarter, not the semester, but at the end of the third quarter is the valedictorian. And normally that's almost identical to the person historically um, who was a, had the GPA at the end of the seventh semester. So it's, we've chosen that because that's a more accurate read of the grade. And then um, the salutatorian, we would look for a grade point cutoff, um, and then we just put the names out there, and your salutatorian is who you voted for. I think we had 15 or 18 names down there, and uh, the person with the most votes is the salutatorian. We don't get involved in that. We help them with their speeches in terms of what they ought to say or types of things to focus on, but we don't write their speeches. Yes, because we were talking to them, and they are like, we don't really know what we're going to do, so you are going to help them and like... Mm -hmm. We've put off meetings because of AP tests. Yeah. They both have a lot of AP tests. And so we have a part of a rough draft from one of them, and then we'll have another rough draft, and we'll kind of help them think about what they want to say, and then they go off and write it and come back next week three or four times, and then they'll practice, practice two or three times. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And that's, that's also part of setup is there's a sound check for the speakers. There's a sound check for the band, the musicians. There's a sound check for the chorus. That's also going on when we're setting up. So who's up there on that stage? So like the per they call the name Isabel Walsh. We'll just use her, you know. She comes <laughs> up and walks up, and who like shakes her hand and gives her the? It's not a real diploma. It's like the you get the cover. We don't yeah. we don't you don't get the diploma until after the fifteenth of June. So, so if a kid hasn't passed the class, that um, way they have an opportunity to take a test to get the diploma. So who's up there on that stage? Are you uh, up there? Are you guys up there? We're both yes. up there because um, I read the names and she kind of funnels the kids to me from off the wings, which you'll learn about at practice. Um, and then we also have um, usually the class counselor. So this year, Mr. Purdy will be up there. Um, brother uh, Dan, who used to be a teacher here, who now is at St. Mary's College High in Berkeley, who's on the board of trustees, will be there because he's going to give the invocation. And then Mr. Hood and Mrs. Chad, who are leading you in, that's who you voted to lead you in, they'll be up on our side, and they help control the chaos of the students behind the stage. And then on the other side, the diplomas hand that's covered, or the diploma ceremonially, is to the student by Mr. Barnes. Picture's taken, then they shake Mr. Orr's hand. They shake the hand of the president of the board of trustees, which is Mr. Walworth, whose three kids went here. In fact, I taught all three of them a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And um, then Mr. Desmond is there to hand the diploma cover to Mr. Barnes. And behind that uh, will be Ms. McClung off on the side um, controlling the seniors until they're sent back down in groups. So everybody on the stage has a job. Um, they're not up there just for decoration or ceremony. They're, they have a job. <laughs> and then the three students, the valedictorian, salutatorian, and your class president, Evie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Not AS. I was thinking ASB. No. Evie's giving a speech too, right? Uh, she's giving the welcome, but it's all from graduation. It's all scripted. Oh, okay. She doesn't have to. She has to read it. But since she's the, the class president is the president of the class and the graduation is for the class. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. why we want the class president doing it because ASB president is for it's the president for everybody. But this is specific to the class. Out of all of that, like everything that goes on, all the craziness, what would be the hardest part of doing it every single year? I don't, no, no, I don't. No, it's actually, it's. Um, I do. I dread you guys leaving. Um, He's like, okay, bye. No, not at all. It's a very sad time for us when it's over mm -hmm. um, because we've done a lot to, to prepare, much more than we've mentioned so far. But um, get to, I get to see you as freshmen um, and soft, some of them sophomores. Um, I used to teach a senior class, so I would see them then. And you're saying goodbye to them. Um, and that's hard. We mm -hmm. also get to see the emotions. We have something uh, which she learned last year, Shackle and I, and then the, the previous co-coordinator, Mr. Kareem. We get to see you before you walk across the stage. It's hard. It's, it's hard to say goodbye. 
because uh, the expressions on your faces are goodbye expressions. And goodbye expressions in terms of you're happy or excited, yeah. but, but it's not the expression you wear when you walk across the stage. There's the, the, the guys are antsy, they're nervous. Some of the guys we have to push across the stage. <laughs> I'm not making that up there. You'll see me as you're on the floor pushing someone because they won't go. Um, but just listening to what the kids are saying and listening to their, their emotions, um, nobody else gets that. Nobody else gets to see that. And after all these years, that becomes a special thing. Um, we see you the, at the last moment you're a graduate. The last moment you're a student, we see you. Because as soon as you walk across the stage, you're a graduate. So we're the last, mm-hmm. we're the last teachers to have contact with you as high school, as, students. As high school students. That's you guys are lucky. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. But also, that's kind of a sad thing. Yeah, it's bittersweet, Kleenex, right? Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Is there anything in particular that like you'll remember the class of 2019 for? Being annoying? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> uh, no, I, good. I, no, I, no, in that every class is unique. And so, and a lot of times what you remember them for is it, it comes later. It comes weeks or, you know, later of the fall starts and it's like, oh, God, they're not here. Um, I'm going to miss so and so. Not that you don't miss them. But the realization that they're not there, the antics, the humor, the seriousness. No, everybody's unique. And and the seriousness or the personalities that they brought to the classroom, those are suddenly, that person's not there now, and you're much more aware of it. You're aware of it when it's going on, but but it hits you again that they're not there. So a lot of times, if the class is not a particularly difficult class behavior-wise, which your class isn't, um, you miss them more (laughs) when they're gone. So when when kids come back, that's an even bigger deal Mm -hmm. because you get to see them again. It's like when you look out at your classroom and it's first day of school, you can kind of remember, oh, so-and-so was there, so-and-so was, you know, like you're, you just have this memory. Yeah, and it's a, I don't think I've ever thought of it one. like that. Yeah, me neither. Well, you're on, you're on the beginning of your journey. We're at kind of the back end of ours. And, you know, we, you're, on, you're continuing off and you're, on, you're going on. And for us, it's, it's a new group. It's a new group. It's a new group. And so our memories are limited. Because some some teachers only see you one year, some teachers see you two years, and so they they have a glimpse of who you are, um, and suddenly you're gone. So that's also what we see behind on the sides when uh, the names are being read is the realization to the students that uh, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. This is the end, and it affects people really differently at the end, much more so than you realize. You and, know, it's really nice though when I I just got a letter this week from a former student six years ago. Like, wow, you remember me six years later? Yeah. I remember you. I didn't think you'd remember me. Um, but it was very nice. It was a very nice letter. So Yeah, you get things like that all the time. Sometimes it's somebody you haven't talked to or seen in 10 mm-hmm. years, and they walk up to you, hey, Mr. English, you don't remember me, but it's like, yeah, those you know, and they'll talk to you. So, but we're, so we're seeing the beginning of that process of, you know. That's so sweet. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I mm-hmm. love this. So you remember us after all those mm-hmm. years. But well, you won't look the same. So when you walk up 20 years from now and go, Mr. English, I'm so-and-so, because you'll look right. entirely different. So when a male walks up to you and he's gained 150 pounds and he has no hair <laughs> and a full beard and you don't recognize him, it's like, who are you? Please tell me who you are, because 99% of the time a good teacher will know. They'll remember the student, but you change physically. So Right. So it's important to introduce yourself again. And then we have all the memories yeah. flooding back. And we're, oh, I remember when you sat in that chair. And when we had our discussion, you said. Or you fell asleep in the middle of the <laughs> or final. You fell asleep, <laughs> or you were on your phone. 
But we remember, but sometimes you have to tell us who you are. <laughs> um, so is there any way that, I mean, besides showing up to grad practice on time, can students like help prepare you, like help you with this or anything? Or can the parents do anything? Or is it best if we just stay out of the way and let you guys do your thing? Uh, well, we don't, the parents are supposed to be enjoying the day and the week. They don't need to be involved. It's our, we're, you know, this is our job. Um, and especially if it's a parent of a senior, parents, uh, junior parents do grad night. That's important. Parents could always be involved in helping in grad night. The most important thing is show up on time. We don't start practice till everybody's there. We have a role system. And so if people show up 30 minutes late, you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, picking your nose, whatever it is you're doing. But we're going to sit there waiting for them. If guys show up unshaven, um, we have shaving cream and razors at the front, and we will wait while they go into the bathrooms shave clean up the bathroom and come back oh dang i feel like we're serious no beard no facial hair that's right nothing that's well awesome. like you know a mustache but i mean it's it's the rules we're trying to you want to look professional yeah, yeah. you want right. to look good it's also important that they follow directions you know yeah. they listen to mr english tell them what to do so we don't have to do it again and again and over and over and over mm-hmm. yeah. um, do you have any messages to the class of 2019 anything you want to say I mean, well, there's I, a lot to say. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's. It's. I know that I don't know everybody in the class, but I know that I will definitely miss a lot of people. Um, that's just the way it is. I'll miss my Kairos group a lot, but I'll miss them, um, probably every student I've taught, only because I'll remember them all as they're walking across stage. I guess what what I tell every class, and I told all all of my senior classes this week, try to keep an open mind and listen to people, and. Be who you are then. Make up your own mind. Yeah, you're just starting your journeys. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. That was great. Thank you guys so much. Now we're going to be talking to Nick Kennedy and Alana O'Neill. Nick is our salutatorian and Alana is our valedictorian. So we're going to be talking to them about their speeches and how they're picked and what, how they basically write what they're going to say. And today we're going to be talking to the valedictorian and the salutatorian of the class of 2019. Hello. Hi. Hey. <laughs> so, who are you? Um, my name is Nick Kennedy, and I'm the salutatorian for the class of 2019. My name is Alana O'Neill, and I'm the valedictorian of the class of 2019. Tell us a little bit of the activities that you've done at CB, what you've been involved in, um, any extracurriculars, stuff like that. Um, okay, I'll go first. Um, I came to CB as a transfer, as a sophomore, um, and like as soon as I got in, I was like, okay, well, I want to try and do as much as I can, like as much as possible. So the first thing I got involved with was theater at CB, and so that's kind of my, it was like my entry point for getting to know people. And then as soon as kind of that took off, I did done the play that year, and then um, got involved in academic decathlon and became an ambassador pretty soon after, and so started to get more involved in like admissions activities around CB. I did um, track and field that spring. And then as like sort of my junior year and my senior year came by, got a little little more involved with the media program at CB. Um, And like advanced media and senior video this year have been my primary focus. Um, So my main involvement in CB has been through band stuff. Uh, My freshman year I was on the tennis team. Then I realized that I am wholly unathletic. Um, so <laughs> quit that. Um, but yeah, so I'm in honors band, play the flute. I'm in drumline, jam band, all the bands. 
um, played in the pits for all the musicals, played harp for a bunch of CB events. How, uh, wait, side note, how did you get into the harp? Well, both of my parents are immigrants, immigrants from Ireland, so they put me in Irish dancing um, when I was little to like meet other Irish families, I guess. <laughs> and then one of the girls there was playing, learning to play the harp, and my eight-year-old little brain was like, well, I want to do that. And so then I started taking lessons and haven't stopped, I guess. Wow. That's, a, yeah, that's a tremendous flex. That's a phenomenal <laughs> flex. That's a I play thing. the harp. Like, I'd be like, geez, okay. It's, so where are you guys going to college, and what are your future plans? Um, I'm going to Pomona College in the Claremont Consortium, different from Cal Poly Pomona. Um, and then my current major is economics with a pre-med focus, and the intention there was to work in hospital administration and manage finances. But I'm not sure that that's something I'm, like, truly passionate about. So I think I'll probably work, like, just in medicine as a doctor. I think, like, brain stuff would be really cool. Um, neurology, neuroscience, cognitive science, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know for sure. I'm an art major, so that's wholly immature. It's the exact opposite. I don't um, think that's immature. <laughs> I think that's cultured. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm going to UC Santa Barbara, um, and I'm going to be majoring in film and digital media. Um probably trying to minor in psychology, but we'll see. Um, just kind of as the tides turn. I don't know. That's not an expression. Um, and then, uh, yeah, hopefully from there, uh, hoping to go to grad school in either Los Angeles or New York. What do you want to go to grad school for? Um, <clears throat> for direction. So, like, my ultimately, um, once I, because you do all of your undergrad stuff <laughs> is essentially theory-based and your film production stuff doesn't come in until actual grad school or internships or kind of set jobs over the summers and stuff. And so um, going to NYU or Columbia College in New York um, or the American Film Institute, which is like the top dollar, like big dog in Los Angeles is like an ultimate goal. But also if I think that I have enough traction, like enough career opportunity just coming out of undergrad, then I don't feel the need to do that. So, Alana, could you tell us about um, how you were picked? Like, what goes into being chosen for a valedictorian? Yeah, so valedictorian is pretty straightforward. It's literally just whoever has the highest GPA of the senior class. Um, so taking lots of honors and APs and then only getting A's, I guess. <laughs> how did you I don't know how to fail? say that without sounding rude. Like, I don't want to sound conceited, you know? No, I mean, you worked hard. How did you do it? How did you... <clears throat> maintain objectively grades. that's insane so yeah <laughs> it's, it's worth asking. i don't know <laughs> um so i went to um the smallest public school in san juan district for my middle school right and i was like i don't know i came into cb without thinking that like i was gonna be anything you know i never came in with like i'm going to be auditorium like this is my track like that was never my intention coming in like i definitely thought that things were going to be hard and you know and they were obviously but like I just took the classes that kind of came my way my freshman and sophomore year and then I started realizing like okay this is like I'm staying on a consistent track so like then it became more of a conscious decision my junior and senior year to take like five APs this year and you know that kind of realm but I don't know it was never like this pressure I had on myself where I had to get A's and I'm not saying it just happened. Like, obviously, I worked really hard. Like, I don't ever consider myself the smartest person in our class. Like, I think that that's a really big distinction. Like, I know that there are tons of kids in our class that are smarter than me. I also think that there's tons of kids in our class that are harder workers than me. I just think that it's, like, this weird combination where we have, like, 
set our system up to let our GPAs determine an arbitrary factor. And that's kind of like, I don't know, it's just happened that I have somehow been the person that has had all A's in hard classes. Like, I'm not the one going to MIT. I'm not the one going to Stanford. I'm not going to Harvard or Columbia or Georgetown. Like, there are kids in our class that are insanely intelligent, you know? And I'm not saying that I'm stupid or that I'm like, didn't try. Like, I worked hard to be here, but it wasn't ever a thing where I was like, I'm committing my life to be valedictorian. Like, that's the only thing I'm going to do. That was deep. Okay. Yeah, was I didn't realize no. you were going to go that deep. I, I, like, I just got good grades. You know, well, see, I don't know. I think it's important to me because I think a lot of people like look at it and think like, oh, you must just be some brilliant person. And like, you must think that this means everything. And like, yeah, it's a great honor. And like, I'm really proud of myself to be here. But I don't think that it makes me on some higher level than anyone else in our class. So the process to become salutatorian is really different. Um, mm-hmm. Could you explain to us how that happened? How you got no- nominated and then chosen? Um, yeah, I don't. It's it is a little different. Like I wasn't. I had had people being like, "Oh, you're going to be salutatorian," like whatever. And I had never thought that that was legitimate because I didn't know how the process works. My understanding of it now, and I'm not even 100 percent sure that this is the truth of it, but my understanding of it is that with the exception of Alana, because she had already had the highest GPA, they take, I think, like 30, 25 or 30 of the rest of the students that are also in that sort of like upper um, section of, of who has the highest GPA. And I think of, of those like 25 or 30, I'm probably toward the bottom numerically. Um, <laughs> Which which is what surprised me. I didn't think that that was going to be an opportunity for me, um, in general. Like when I when I had heard that the voting process goes up because they take the twenty five and then have the senior class vote from there as to um, who they would you know want to give a speech at graduation. As soon as I had heard that I was on that list, I was surprised because I really genuinely didn't think that I um, had essentially qualified for that. I think the voting happened in one day. But the, the class voted from there. So both the salutatorian and valedictorian have to give a speech at mm-hmm. graduation. So, uh, oh, I get and it's, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of like this last message to the class and to the teachers. So what do you guys anticipate you're going to like put into your speech? Um, like what kind of message do you want to leave our class with? Um, I think the first distinction to make between RT speeches, speeches um, is that I believe you're supposed to talk about like who we are now and who we were in the past. Mm. And I'm supposed to talk about who we are now and who we're going to be in the future. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yes. know Because a valediction is a farewell and a oh. salutation is a greeting. So, yeah, I guess my job is supposed to kind of highlight like our accomplishments and then predict what we're going to be in the future, which I think is a really hard thing. Um, so when Mr. English was describing it to me, he was saying like, these are the last words of advice your class is kind of going to get other than Mr. Barnes's speech was kind of, which comes right after. But, um, so it's like, what do you think they're going to need to know to have success in the future? Which I would love to know the answer to if anyone wants to write in to give me that. <laughs> Cause I'm afraid I'm not a psychic. Right now. Yeah. Please. You can help Alana. If you guys um, have speeches. Uh... Yeah. So I don't know. I want to incorporate some of our like mottos and the whole ad astra thing, which comes from a longer phrase of paraspora ad astra, which means through hardship to the stars, which I think could be cool to incorporate. That's, I didn't know that. That's right? Good. Cool, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm still working it out. I want to make sure to like reach out to lots of different people, um, see what they think is like impressive about our class, find our service hours, our athletics, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well... 
when I spoke to Mr. English, he explained it to me that sort of the way Alana explained it, in that it is um, more of an address to the class itself, as yeah. much as Alana's is to all of the attendees, to to parents, and to everybody. I think um, mine is a little more of a remembrance, and um, that's a daunting thing. I feel like that's a difficult, uh, especially because I and Mr. English had told me that I've, I'm the only person who's ever been chosen for either position for salutatorian or valedictorian um, that hasn't been here all four years. Aww. And that's a, there's kind of a unique, I don't know, like that's an interesting, I'm not sure how much I'm, I want to incorporate that angle because it's only so relevant, but I do think it's an interesting kind of way to to look at it in that, you know, I haven't always thought that I like have the, not that I don't have the right, but that I don't necessarily have all of the information to to be like, this is how far we've come and this is who we are. But at the same time, I think I'm enormously lucky to to even get the opportunity to do that oh, in yeah. the first place. Well, I think that's all we need to do. So thank you guys cool. so much for coming on. Thank you for to having the us. Podcast. Thank yes, you. Yeah. It was a lot of fun talking to y'all. What a lot of people don't see at graduation is the grad night that happens after all of our gowns are uh, taken away. So we talked to Miss Neff about what happens after all of our families go home and grad night is just beginning. And we are here with Miss Neff. Um, she is a teacher here. She teaches world history too and AP art history. And she also does something else, something, a little fun thing. So you are the manager of Grad Night. Is that the title that you would call Co it? Coordinator is my specific title, Grad Night Coordinator. How many years have you been the Grad Night Coordinator? So this is my second year being in charge, but my third year attending. So two years ago when Miss Winkett was still the coordinator, I went with her to like observe the whole process and what goes into it. And then last year I took over full time organizing it. And what do you do like in general in regards to graduation and grad night? So grad night is a year long process of organizing the event. So it's choosing the venue, deciding the food, deciding the entertainment. Um, yeah, getting all of that organized. So I have a parent committee that helps out with a lot of that and then showing up and putting it on. So it's basically like a big party that takes a lot of time and energy to put together. So who, what kind of parents? Are they senior parents or who are they? Well, so we try to have parents from all grade levels. And ideally they would come in like when their kids are freshmen or sophomores and learn about the event and hopefully stay for multiple years because it's helpful if they've done it before and seen it before. Um, and it, we have a few senior parents, but it's such a long day and it's very... You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into your kid graduating. And so um, some of them come and participate the night of, but some of the senior parents just help with the planning mm -hmm. and then don't actually come to the event because they're exhausted. So. so do they just come to you and sign up or? Um, yeah. So we have meetings like once a month throughout the year. And so whenever someone, you know, usually they're friends of people who are already on the committee and they kind of get recruited and pulled in, or we've had parents go to like different events at CB and, you know, kind of ask parents to, to come and sign up. Um, there's usually a blurb in the, um, the emails that go out that, you know, we're looking for volunteers and then parents come and participate. How cool. big is your total team of volunteers? We have, so there's a core group of six that come very regularly, 
and then there's a few that come when they can and help out with projects. Um, the night of, there's usually about 12 parent volunteers. Some are on the committee and some just come to help out at the event. And are all you 12 at the actual grad night or like who stays for the grad night? So I will be there all night. Mr. Grow also comes and stays all night. And then, yeah, there's about 12 parent volunteers. And then there's also the staff who works there who help out, you know, organizing and doing all that stuff. So how did you decide on our grad night? Like what made you think, oh, okay, this could be fun. Like, and what just goes into this? How do you plan this all out? Like there is a committee and all that, but just how does this, how do you do all this? That's a really good question. Um, So a lot of it we kind of inherited over the years. So in the past, they've done country club lanes. We've used that venue for for multiple years. And then last year, we decided it was kind of old and dirty, (laughs) and um, they just didn't have that much to offer. So we looked into some other options. Um, Every year, the question comes up about Disneyland. Why don't we go to Disneyland for grad night like a lot of schools do? And we don't do that for a couple of reasons. Like one part of our goal is to be inclusive. Like we really want the entire class to be there and to celebrate that event and come together for one last big party. And those Disneyland trips are one expensive and two very time consuming, right? People have parties and stuff that weekend. Um, And so we wanted something that was local because more people can attend and then also more affordable. So this year we're going to Strikes in Elk Grove, which we're excited about. It's a much cleaner venue. They have a lot more stuff to offer. And yeah, it should be super fun. I'm looking forward to it. And mostly the parents were involved in, in that decision. So having done it a few years, they researched venues and we decided this was the best option for what we wanted and for the cost. So mostly we just look at every year, like what did the kids enjoy? What were the highlights and what things could we maybe do differently? So like every year we do like the henna is always a very popular thing that people like to get done. So we bring like the henna artists. This year we're having a caricature artist, which we haven't done before. So yes, you guys can maybe come have some souvenirs of like fun little drawings. Um, And then at Strikes also they have, of course, bowling, but also mini golf, pool tables. We do karaoke every year. That's always a hit. And then, yeah, so it's really just like what works, what are kids into, what are they, what's fun, and we make it happen. So how much does this cost? Because we have to pay $100. So how much does this cost to like book it and do all that stuff? The entire budget for the event is about $30,000. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not cheap. Um, does that money come from like the school or um, is it donations or where does most of that come from? It's both. Yeah. So most of it comes from obviously the, the hundred dollars that you guys pay to come. But then the school chips in part of it to cover some scholarships because yeah. um, obviously we want everyone to come. And then we do have um, donations from parents and other donations like um, gift cards and other things that they um, people contribute to help keep it affordable. So is are there any highs and lows of this job or is this just kind of like a like is there anything that you're like oh dread or anything you're like oh I just love doing this um the night of is always really fun it's just really fun to be there and be with you guys as you're finishing up your your school year and and there's also lows because the night is it's a long night (laughs) we get very tired (laughs) usually around you know 3 4 a.m start (laughs) to hit that wall of like oh man it's been a long year and I'm really tired Um, But we have coffee and we power through. I mean, during the year, I mean, the 
meetings to plan it really aren't super fun right as we're discussing decorations and yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't really care how many balloons we have as long as it looks nice I care more about you guys having fun so that's but you know we gotta plan and meet and make that happen and so yeah but the highlight is obviously being there and experiencing it all well is there any way that like students or parents can help besides like paying is there any way they can help you prepare the process without being on the committee at this point we could use parent volunteers the night of any parents who want to come um, participate that would be great as far as students i mean seniors obviously just sign up turn in your forms yeah. if you haven't already and then underclassmen now look forward to it when you get to be a senior do you have anything you want to add to um, any messages to our class or congratulations you guys it's so awesome that you're graduating and hope to see you all there so turn in your stuff as soon <laughs> as possible it makes my job easier if you already have your forms turned in um, but we'll still if you show up the night of with your form and your payment we'll let you in right the goal is to get <laughs> yeah. to get everybody there and I know the last few weeks like finals and everything you have going on can be really busy and stressful but we want you to come and it's we idea is that we are all there and celebrate together and it's probably the last time you'll really be together as a class and so come and enjoy it and have fun and eat food and celebrate and it'll be great awesome well thank you so much for talking about this and coming on of course thank you we just want to thank you guys for tuning into this season of talent talk um this has been a really fun time and i had a great time doing this and i was lucky to have even though two of my hosts left, I'm so lucky to have Hannah join and be a part of this talent podcast family that we have. I'm so grateful for being able to be a part of this class and this podcast in particular. It's been a really amazing journey and I really wish the best for the future of this podcast next season and for Isabella and all the other Talon uh, seniors going off to college next season you might be hearing again from a berkeley but maybe not john berkeley maybe another one but just tune in next season to see who's the next not bachelorette the next podcaster <laughs> <laughs>